Mike check. Mike check. Janelle's heart is beating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Gist Podcast. I'm EDA, one half of the Gist, and to my right is Namdi. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? So on today's episode, we have a very, 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 very special guest. Um, three more varies on that. Three more, very, <laughs> very, 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 very special guest. Uh, she's a medical professional by way of occupational therapy, in my right? Yes, All right. Yes, she's she's a business entrepreneur by way of fashion and fitness, yes. and she's a social media influencer with close to 200,000 engaged Instagram Good followers. Job. I have 500 for, for context. <laughs> I got so like seven. He, he got like 70, <laughs> seven. so we, we're not doing it big. Um, please give a warm welcome to Chanel Delisser, a.k.a. Coco Chanel. Yeah. <laughs> it's where we all clap. Only right because we're in Brooklyn. We came all the way out here um, way out. to do yes, this interview sir. in Brooklyn because, you know, Chanel, Chanel's born and raised out here, correct? Exactly. Got it, got it, got it. It's only right. It's only right. It's only right. Um, so I guess to lead it to lead it in to start this interview off, we wanna we always do this with guests and we give them the opportunity to kind of just tell the world who they are. So, who is Chanel? Describe yourself um, for our listeners. Yeah. Okay. So as mentioned, my name is Chanel Delisser, and I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, flat East Flatbush to be exact. Um, how would I describe myself? I think this is such an interesting question, <laughs> but I like to tell people that, you know, I'm a very normal girl. Um, I live a very normal lifestyle, at least I believe. Mm. Um, I am an occupational therapist currently. I fell in love with fitness as of a year and a half ago now. Um, always been very active, mm. always been, like I grew up dancing, um, not never into sports. A lot of people ask me if I've played sports. Never have played sports. And, you know, now I'm pretty much, I tell, like, people think I'm a trainer or something like that, but I tell people, like, I'm just a fitness influencer. I kind of like to just inspire and motivate people through my personal story, through the things that I do on a regular basis. Um, eventually, you know, going forward, there's a lot more to come as far as me being a trainer or doing things of that sort. But um, I'm 25 years old. I recently graduated with my master's from SUNY Downstate Medical Center in December 2016. So we had the biggest accomplishment of my life. So that was one of my biggest, biggest accomplishments. Like that was something I was working for for years, five plus years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am. Currently employed as an occupational therapist full time. Um, I won't say where, but nah, don't say where. No. I have some stuff. I'm a school-based therapist. Okay. That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay, okay, that's good enough. Um, and I love my job. Awesome. Like life is great right now. I have no complaints. I'm doing what I love as far as work goals, and I'm doing what I love when I get off of work. And like that's all I could have asked for. For sure. So. So you're um you're obviously from Brooklyn, uh, Jamaican descent, correct? Yes. Okay, okay. So can you just talk talk to and we're gonna just take it back. Obviously we can dive right into the occupational therapy, dive right into um to the fitness stuff, but we're gonna take it back to the roots and just can you talk about um you know what about your upbringing helped you to get to where you are today? Um, so that Jamaican heritage, that right. that Brooklyn grit, 
<laughs> talk I like about that. that. No problem. Yeah, of course. How could I forget that part? Right? My nationality. <laughs> How did this all come together? Yeah, I'm telling you. Um, so yeah, my mom is Jamaican. I was actually born here. My mom was born in Jamaica, and my father is born in South South Carolina. So okay. he's American. Sure. I like to tell people I'm a Jamaican. Okay, okay. So I just I like, like a mesh of both of the worlds, you know. But I identify closely with my Jamaican culture because I was raised by my mom. Um, my mom is a single mother of five girls, so I have mm-hmm. four other girls that look like me. Oh man! Ooh. <laughs> 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 nah, I always get that. Do you have Do you have sisters? Like, I need a friend. My friend needs someone. You know, so um, I have five, I have four other sisters. Mm. So grew up in a house with a bunch of women. So with that said. Um, not only was it difficult living in a house full of women, but it was difficult seeing my mom raise five women. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think that ultimately she was the motivating factor for me as far, why, as, far as why I'm here, why I do what I do, um, especially as far as education goes. Like, my mother pretty much ingrained in me, like, you know, do what you have to do in school, be the best that you can be as far as getting a good education because mm-hmm. that's just the world we live in is as far as my opinion goes. Yeah, um, people put more respect on your name. Oh, of course. When they see those, <laughs> when they see those letters right at the end after the it. So um, that's just um, something that she always told me to do. Like she was just like, growing up, I was, I want to say elementary, junior high school, I was into dance. I wanted to be this dancer. I wanted to dance with Alvin Ailey, that's, that was what I said I wanted to do. And then things changed and then I got into sewing. My mom put me into a lot of you know, after school activities. So have to thank her for that too because without that, all of these skills, all of my abilities, I wouldn't have that, right? Mm-hmm. Because she, you know, she helped me allow that to shine through by putting me into these um, classes and just having the opportunity is so important at a young age. Sure. So after the dancing, it came, I got into fashion. So she put me in some sewing design classes. I learned how to sew. And then I went to the high school of fashion industries. And then I was like, I want to be a designer. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, when you're young and you're just like thinking about everything that you want to be. Um, yeah, I went through different phases and um, I designed my own clothing. I came up with my own clothing line called Coco Cabana, mm-hmm. um, which I worked on very actively for a year. Um, and so that was pretty cool, very stressful, but um, reality sets in. And, you know, I always feel like you need to have a main job to fund your dreams. Yeah. So my job as a therapist is funding my dreams. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just how it has to work. Um, but back to the whole point of, you know, you asking me, how did I become who I am? It's really because of my mom. Like, she ingrained, you know, these values in me. Education is key. Um, just just certain, the, the basic core values, like being loyal to yourself and to others, treating others how you would want to be treated. Um, so with that said, I've been able to carry that through my life. And I didn't stop as far as school went. I went from high school to undergrad to grad school, and I just knocked it out, like, one way. And, you know, it was hard, but it was what I had to do. Like, there was no other option. And that's because, you know, also I just wanted to make her proud. Yeah. Like, I take, very, I take pride in making my mother proud. So, so um, 
Yeah, thanks to her. Shout out to you, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely listening to this podcast right now. She has to be going to send her the link. Yeah. <laughs> I always find it so interesting, like, the dynamic between, like, uh, the Caribbean culture and then the African culture because, you know, being Nigerian, I could attest that, like, our yeah. parents are the same exact way. That education is, like, super yeah. important. I'm, I'm Nam D, B, MBA, JD, uh, <laughs> uh, Run DMC. Uh-huh. Uh, all of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta put all of that on the Exactly. You have to. But yeah, that's really dope. So yeah. you did your undergrad at um, Albany, right? That's yeah, how I went to. Met. Yes, I went to SUNY Albany yeah. with Idia. U-A-U. <laughs> Even though I didn't graduate from there. Nobody knows that, though. Everyone really? yeah, think I graduated from there. He but uh, he graduated from I there. think I graduated from there. He means I like an honorary degree. <laughs> <laughs> like a good like, semester. That's no, crazy. I did, I did two and a half. Two and a half, two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah, Albany. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Right? So like that's, a little, that's more than a semester, right? That's good. Y'all play me, man. Definitely more. I'm like, I know I've seen your face more than one semester. More than once. More than once. Yeah. That's what, so what was that experience like going to Albany? Albany. Yeah. Albany was fun. Albany was cool. So I definitely knew that when I was going away to college, like when I was going to college, that I needed to go away. Sure. Growing up in a house with five girls, <laughs> it was stressful. So like I just needed that space. I needed to... I needed to be independent. I needed to be on my own. Mm. I needed to know what it felt like. I think it's so important to feel like you know, to know what it feels like to be detached from familiarity. Like, sure. yeah. helps you find yourself. Right. So at that point, I was ready for it. I wanted to be independent. Mm. I wanted to know what it felt like to wake myself up in the morning mm. and all of that, you know, making food for yourself. So Albany was cool. You know, I did a lot of things in Albany um, as far as like accomplishments as well. Um, I was a resident assistant, so that was pretty cool. Um, what else did I do up in Albany? I was just involved as, in, in like different shows. I did a few fashion, fashion shows, shows up there. Shows. I was a fake model for me. <laughs> Everybody, I was too. Everybody Freshman was. year I was, and then I, I snapped back to reality. Like, yo, yeah. this is not what exactly. I was supposed to be doing in life. You know, but, it was um, fun while it lasted. Partied like a rock star, mm-hmm. but still got these grades. Yeah. <laughs> Graduated 3.9 GPA. Okay, say, say it again one more time. Say it one more time. 3.9 GPA. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mean to brag, but nah, you, you, it is what it listen, is. Listen, brag about it. Brag about it. GPA is forever. Exactly. So, yeah. so if you can describe that experience in one word, what would it be? Albany in, yeah. in one word? Yeah, the Albany experience. <sighs> That's my word, too. Lit is my word. I already know. I heard, I heard um, some things. About Albany, y'all. I don't know how y'all get down over there. Um, I'm the I <laughs> no, Albany's cool. It was different. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. It was different. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. So many things that I experienced in Albany. It made me, you know, definitely who I am. So it was a For different sure. experience. For sure. Would you use the same word? You said what? Would you use the same word? Yeah, yeah, I different. Use, yeah, I use different. I use different. Okay. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but right. di- different, yes, different yes, and lit yes, sound yeah. sound pretty pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, to to me though, it's um, it can sometimes be like a bubble. Um, the Albany yes. community and everything, and I feel like, and this is not my my words verbatim, but other folks I know that went to that school and after graduating, like you kind of get stuck, right? Have to come back home and and start your life, um, your professional life and everything. Right. So it's kind of easy to get caught up in, in that and yeah. then when you move away harder to adjust so just what was that transition like for you post-grad um so the funny thing is that with what I wanted to do in life occupational therapy mm-hmm. 
Um, I knew that I needed to go to grad school. Yeah. So from me getting into Albany, there was no major for occupational therapy. Basically, you had to just take the classes that you needed as far as prerequisites in order to get into grad school. So, you know, I created my own little situation in Albany. I was a social major, psych minor, and I took pre-med classes. So, <laughs> like, from from me getting into Albany, I knew that the next thing was applying to grad school. Okay. Like, I was out. Yeah, it was yeah. no... Staying in Albany, it was no confusion. Like, I was fortunate enough to be introduced to occupational therapy from high school. So, like, for me, I always knew what I needed to do. And I'm very fortunate to, like, have that experience. And that was also because of my mom. Mm -hmm. She introduced, she told me about occupational therapy. I listened. You also have to be a child that listens. I listened to my mother. (laughs) So, um, I listened and I looked into it. You know, and I just did what I had to do in undergrad. And then after that, I was like, you know, I got accepted to grad school. And it was two weeks later, I started grad school. That's crazy. So, you know, it wasn't really, despite how I felt seeing all of my friends going on vacations yeah. after graduating from Albany, um, I had to do what I had to do. I remember one time I started downstate um, two weeks after graduation from Albany and I was seeing everybody on Instagram, everybody's on vacation. Meanwhile, I'm coming from anatomy and physiology. I just came to my room and I just started crying. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. just like, this is my life. Yeah. This is what I chose. So um, at that point, it was just like, you know, you have to put things into perspective, right? The time that they spent enjoying whatever vacation that it's a temporary moment. Yeah. Like, you know, nothing good lasts forever. Yeah in that sense so um when you put it into that perspective and you think about it that way it's like like just don't get caught up in what other people are doing Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day where do you want to be what do you want to do and if you think about oh such and such is on the island flexing right it's lit (laughs) temporary flex yeah yeah but what else are they doing right so i always say like perception is not reality Mm -hmm. Even though people say perception is reality, but it ain't. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, Especially social social media sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree and disagree with that statement, though. Mm. What you think? Beef. Like, Y'all beefing? Listen, I'm just saying. Y'all beefing? No beef. <laughs> Even though we in Brooklyn, no beef. No, I'm about to say. No problem. She about to say, who do you want? Listen, listen, listen. People Call coming out the, the room. Listen, listen. <laughs> listen, we're from Westchester, okay? Right. King, you know, we, 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 we. we yeah. Okay. All right, back to you not agreeing with my King of the beef. That, like, perception could be like reality. Like nowadays, especially like with this whole like social media like world, in the sense that people like you tend to become what people already believe before like they even know you. Yes. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. like, and you could also like capitalize off of that, um, in the sense that I'm sure like you can go ahead and use your perception to kind of create your reality, and that's what it is that you can be. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I do agree with you. Like, I agree and disagree with the statement. Exactly. You know what I mean? It, it could be one thing. It could be the other thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Like, how do you kind of, like, use your uh, use your perception and use, like, this big media platform that you've been growing for yourself to, you know, create the, ra- the reality that you do want? You know what I mean? You have your entrepreneurial um, ventures that you, that you have going on, so how do yeah. you maneuver that? How do I do it? Um, I think that... One thing for me personally, like I never anticipated having all these thousands and thousands of followers on social media. Um, it kind of just happened organically. Like me living my life, people kind of gravitated towards that. Oh, 
how do you do this? Uh, like people, you know, got interested into the fashion portion of it first, and then um, into like you know inquiring about you know occupational therapy, and then people just were asking questions and inquiring and. I was like, okay, people like what they see, so let me continue to put content out there, put, you know, just be myself. Mm -hmm. So I really am just myself. I try to be as organic as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that sort of mannerism has allowed for me to continue to connect with so many people on social media and has allowed people to gravitate towards <coughs> me and my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I think that nothing is more rewarding than having to be yourself. Mm. I see and meet so many people on social media that are not themselves. Yeah. And it's so sad. <laughs> so um, I just never want to be like that. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, I just do what I, if I'm in a gym one day and I want to flex and that's what I'm doing, you're going to see it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that's just how I use my social media. I use it as organically as possible, as mm. natural as possible. Mm. I hate to make it such a thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, just to kind of backtrack, cause you, you, you talked about, you, we, we keep referencing occupational therapy, but I feel like there's a lot of people who probably don't know what it is. Can you just explain mm. what it is and yes. also just explain like your, your day to day, what that looks like. Right. Just to get people up to speed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. A lot of people do not know yeah. what occupational therapy is. I have to say that I get, do you help people look for jobs because of the occupational part of it? Mm -hmm. No, yeah. that is not what or occupational like, or therapy Or you give them therapy after they, they get fired from a job or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had to go to grad school for that. <laughs> Mental but, therapy after getting fired from a job. But yeah, nah, it's none of the above. Occupational therapy is actually, um, it's a rehab form of therapy and you work with people across the lifespan. That includes adults, um, children people our age mm -hmm. so basically if anyone was born with a disability someone might have acquired some sort of impairment mm -hmm. maybe someone was injured in an accident some sort of you know life happens right yeah. if that happens to them um they're now lacking in a lot of skills that they may have had before so um the occupational part of it refers to um what we do on a daily basis so you get up, you brush your teeth, you dress yourself, you eat, you do this so naturally without having to think about it. So imagine something happening in life, <clears throat> mm -hmm. and knock on wood, and you're unable to dress yourself, feed yeah. yourself. You have to relearn these skills, and that's where I come in. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I basically help people to learn different strategies, um, through different sort of occupational therapy interventions, we teach people how to um, relive their lives as as best as they can. Mm. Um, so with that said, it's a very rewarding feeling sure. having to teach someone how to dress themselves again. I'm talking yeah. about an adult. Yeah. Um, and it's so impactful to see how, you know, how much we can influence someone's lives. Um, it's unfortunate that a lot of people don't know about it, so I encourage everyone to read up on it um it's it's a currently a career that like is booming like i get emails every day mm -hmm. need ot like there's we're in such need mm -hmm. because people don't know about it <laughs> um sure. and yeah it's it's great what i do on a day-to-day -day basis i work with children so i work in a public school with children who have multiple disabilities so my role in a school would be to um i help children to be as functional as they can in a school environment so keeping in mind, a lot of my students, they have significant disabilities. They're wheelchair bound. Some of them 
are completely deaf. Some of them are blind. Um, so with that said, they still have, they still deserve the opportunity to interact with their school environment, interact mm. with their peers, you know, do school work. So yeah. as best as possible, I help them, t I teach them strategies or assist them in any way possible to, to gain these skills so that they're able to, you know, be children and be active members in the school environment. And it's very fun. I have 30 minute sessions every day. I have eight students a day. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, I write up um, sort of like notes on what happened in my sessions. Mm. And that's what I do. It's a pretty cool job. Yeah, that's dope. I have fun all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really dope. Yeah. Is there any specific moment or experience that you have with a, with a kid that you kind of, mm. that sticks, sticks with, with you mentally that you want to kind of share? Um, so I just started in September. Okay. So I don't have any um, particular um, moments with, well, actually, so within the within my program, mm -hmm. my grad pro, grad school program, we had to do like a, a three month internship, right? So it just so happened that the three month internship that I did, I did it at the school that I work at now. Oh, okay, okay. So I worked with a bunch of students, um, and I remember there was this one student um, who he was a little boy, he was four years old. And he scared me so much. <laughs> like I've never been so. I just I just didn't know how to connect with him, okay. right? So that's a that's a big fear as like a therapist or as a clinician or anyone, not being able to connect with your mm -hmm. clients, your patients, or right. So he's four years old. Like why can't I connect with a four year old? Um, and over time, just being patient with him, um, learning the things that he needed, um, and you know, doing different occupational therapy interventions and treatment strategies. Um, I saw him change drastically, and he actually transitioned out of that school into a more inclusive environment. Um, mm. So I was so happy to hear that he was not there this year yeah. and that he's moved on to better things. So I feel like I added to his his progress. Yeah. Um, and, at the, and at the end of the three months, we became so close. You know, I have a photo with him. <laughs> his mom brought me like a gift one time for Christmas. So, um, you know, that was the moment for me where I connected with a student. I connect with a lot of my students in different ways. Mm -hmm. But for him, I think that was it was very good to see. like the goal is to pass your children, your students on. For sure. To, like, okay. to, so to you never so see him again. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it's it's kind of like that, but you, you want to eventually wean them off of services. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. yeah, he still receives services, but just in a more in a different environment where he's with his same age peers. Like mm -hmm. he just got better, and that was like dope to see. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, I have a couple of family members that work in psychiatric um, mm -hmm. hospitals and stuff like that, and that's the same thing. Like whenever they see the same patients multiple times like that right. that's what gets to them but when they are able to help and do whatever um whatever you know exercises or whatever different forms of, of um, therapy that yeah. work with the patients and never see them again you know that's that's what that's what brings smiles to their faces so exactly. can definitely relate relate to that mm -hmm. um so for for the future for your future in occupational therapy you, know, you say now you work at a public school do you yeah. Do you have any, um, you know, any goals of, of where you would like to be, you know, five, ten years in that space? Not like in general career wise, but just like the occupational therapy space. Um, Private practice. Like, is right. that is that something in your mind or you rather just work with an existing organization and just help them out? Yeah. So um, my <coughs> ultimate goal would be to teach. OK. okay. Um, and fortunately enough, you can teach 
with your master's degree as an occupational therapist. So I would love to go to, you know, hey, if I go back to SUNY Downstate and mm. teach, that would be like full circle, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I would almost see myself okay. in that yeah, seat before, sure. right? For so sure. I've had so many um, wonderful professors at SUNY Downstate and just throughout life that have pushed me into different directions. Like I didn't do this on my own, right? There are multiple people in my life that have added to, you know, where I'm at. And I think it's only right for me to give back. And teaching would be the ultimate, like, thing for me to do. Whether I'm, whether I'm teaching um, a college class or a graduate school class, it's cool. Like, that's what I would want to do as far as OT goes. Mm -hmm. You can open your pri own private practice oh, okay. as an as a OT clinician with your master's degree. Got um, but I got to work on my business savvy side <laughs> first. And I don't know if five to ten years from now it'll be that. Um, but, you know, I'm open to whatever, you know, whatever opportunities come my way, mm -hmm. you know. So if someone comes to me and they're like, hey, partnership, let's open up a clinic together, an outpatient clinic together, let's do it, mm -hmm. you know. Everything is a learning process, and if, if that happens, then I'm open to it. I'm open to anything, actually. Got it. So it was like your OT work, because like previously you said that you're using your OT work as uh, as a way to fund your dreams. Right. So is this like a means to an end? Like you just want to make enough money where you can um, you know, go back to Copacabana and do that? Is it that you're trying to go ahead and, uh, and build this whole fitness influencer um, mm -hmm. uh, aspect of your life? Or is it just whichever one sticks, that's the one you're going with? Right. Um, so I think that, like, we live in a world and a time now that you don't have to just do one thing, mm -hmm. right? So I don't think I have to just be Chanel the fitness influencer or okay. Chanel the yeah. designer mm -hmm. or Chanel the occupational therapist. Mm -hmm. So listen, like, if down the line I could do all three of those, it. it's great. I, I think that money makes the world go round. So of course. <laughs> with that said, you have to have some sort of income to fund your dreams. And what I mean by that is that, you know, with Coco Cabana, for example, um, I needed a team of people. Mm. In order to get a team of people, you got to pay people, right? For sure. So how am I pay people if I'm broke? <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. For sure. So um, with me being the founder, the designer, I would just be, you know, handing off assignments so I feel like if I wanted to do be a therapist and still wanted to, you know, assign a team of people to do this X, Y, and Z, I could do that. But mm -hmm. you know, the money needs to come in. Like the money needs to keep going around. Yeah. Um. And so with that said, no, I I feel like I could I want to do everything that I'm thing. able to do as saying. long as I'm physically, mentally able to do it. I'm gonna do it. I got the time. Like yeah. the lucky thing about my job is I work from eight to three. Um, and I work on the school schedule, so like oh, I would get summers, so summers off. Are, oh, I man. get all the December breaks, Jesus. the Christmas breaks, spring break. So <laughs> yeah, I don't jealous. have a, a like an exhausting schedule Got as it, far man. as work goes. I get off at three o'clock every day, so I still have my day. I can do a lot more than you know. That's why you went to gym like five times a day. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all gonna leave me no, alone? She, she's in gym from three to seven p.m. <laughs> And she comes home, eats, goes hey, so back at on, 10. On in the gym, like, how you in the gym? Every single day, like, every hour. Listen, it's so funny. Every time I meet anyone, they just, like, talking about me being in the gym. But you know what? I love it, though, because that's my identity now. Yeah. Like, you the girl that do the pull-ups. Right. 
in the you middle the of the street. You the girl with the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I take all of that. Yep, I'm her. Okay. <laughs> you went on a Saturday night, two two o'clock in the morning, doing pull ups on on scaffolding. I'm yes, like, oh, yes, that's, that's lit man. though. That's what's up though. I have to tell you about this one experience, right? Please. Most share. recently, I did. I posted a video um, to Chris Brown's song "The Pills and Automobiles," mm-hmm. which is my favorite song yeah. right now. Um, I post. I was doing um, the pull-ups outside in the city somewhere. So this guy is walking by, and he sees me do it. He just walks up and he starts busting out like twenty pull-ups. <laughs> and then he gets up and he just salutes me and, and walks, walks away. away. Doesn't say anything the whole Doesn't time. Doesn't say anything. Hey, I was just like. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was like, you wanted to show me out. You didn't that's, get that on, on camera, though. That's, I know. That's golden I for got the Instagram. That. I should have got that. It didn't really happen. Cause <laughs> no, it didn't really happen. Well, I was with someone, it. so they can vouch for it. Oh, okay, okay. It was crazy. All right. We have to put yeah. that person on a lie detector test because <laughs> your, your friends probably help you out. Was, I guess I made him feel some type of way. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got like you. can't be having people out here catching up with me. Bar stars. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't do pull-ups. I can't I can't do pull-ups. Let you know? me teach you. Yo, listen. <laughs> y'all, can, can y'all put together a plan, like some type of fitness you, bro, plan? Water and pizza. Water, water and pizza. pizza. Water and pizza. Oh, I'm not crazy. promoting water and pizza. Right? Promoting that water and pizza. <laughs> Even though I love pizza, I'm not promoting that. <laughs> crazy. So, um, so just to, I guess, transition to the entrepreneurship piece, Coco Cabana, you said that, you know, is that something that you, you think will be resurrected in the future um, as you, you know, kind of mm-hmm. get um, your bearings with the occupational therapy stuff? and Or is that just like a side hustle where you'd be making dresses for yourself and just keeping <laughs> it, you know, personal? Keeping it on forward. the low, low. Yeah, yeah. Um, so presently, you know, it's, it's something that's just <clears throat> on hold mm-hmm. um i i still design my own clothing um and that's just where it's at right now um i do with that said with my point that i said earlier about like me having the time to do x y and z um you also have to have like this motivating factor to do something right so right now the two things in my life that are up there is my career and fitness Mm -hmm. um right now the clothing is just not it's not at the forefront and um it's the great thing about it it's a skill that i will always have because i still work on it you know um occasionally for myself but it's just i don't have the time to be able to make clothing for everyone um as much as i would love to i just don't have the time and it's such a lucrative market that I don't think everybody needs my clothing right now. Mm-hmm. There's so many other women who have dope clothing lines, and yeah, I'm gonna let them handle that until I come back. Okay. Got you. <laughs> do got you still you. like create clothes for yourself? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I made my birthday outfit. Dope. This past year, both of them, and they were, I got some good responses. That's what's up. Yeah. So the people still want it. I think the most important to know is that when you put something out, you see that people still want it. Mm. So I'm still relevant. <laughs> all the pieces, those are all one-on-ones. Huh? Those are all one-on-one pieces. What do you mean? Everything that you create for yourself. It's oh. not like you're just like creating it like mass for the people. Oh, yes. They are all, my line is completely customized. Mm. So the way it would work is that you send me your measurements. Um, I create the design just for you, and that's yours. Mm. And I sew by, I have a machine in my apartment that I use to sew. That's how it works. Can you make do rags? Because <laughs> I, I mean, I need you need a silky do rag. I need, I need a, I need a silky do rag. I see a lot listen, of people joining that way. T- listen, I, I'm a, I'm a connoisseur of do rags, but I don't have the silky kind. You right, know? that I need, might I need be... like a gold one or a Whoa. green for Nigeria. 
That might be a way to get all the yeah. fellas. I'm, t- I'm telling you, you got you got a inclusion. Come on, you can't yeah, you can't be a uh, discriminating my, against against us men. I know it's not discrimination. <laughs> Trust me, I love all y'all. But, okay, okay. You know, I love ladies first. I feel you. So that's why I catered to them. I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, more on the entrepreneurship piece, the the bartending, the hosting, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Do you still do you still do that? And also, that's one. And also, two. Can you just like just give us a like a, a, a crazy story about um about uh you know your time bartending or mm-hmm. you know on the nightclub scene right i know i know a lot of stuff um you know <laughs> definitely yeah definitely probably happen yeah yeah um so as far as bartending and hosting parties or events goes mm-hmm. um the bartending is something that i'll do like here and there not so frequently because like I just have different interests, different, you know, different avenues I'm trying to get into. Mm. Not necessarily so much the social scene. Like, mm. I'm in that always because people, you know, I know a lot of people that are in those environments. And, you know, they always show love, always look out for me. And that's always appreciated. But it's not something that I'm doing on a weekly basis. Like, maybe I'll do it for, like, you know, if, if an opportunity comes up and I'm available and I'm free, like, it's lit. Let's yeah, do this. But um, it's not my main focus, like the social arena, as far as social arena goes. Um, but a funny story is <laughs> I wasn't hosting the event, but it was like a, um, it was it was pretty it was pretty much known that I was gonna be there for my birthday, and um, this guy shows up with a Chanel perfume for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the same exact perfume that I use. Because you always say, if you love me, buy me You should buy, buy me, me Chanel. Chanel right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess he was trying to make a statement. Okay, okay. <laughs> and um, this, is, this is a separate occasion from uh, the professional... Uh, yes. player that rolled up on you that one time. Ah! <laughs> you. This is my bad. My bad. We you can, better we can, stop. We can cut this out. My bad. Yeah, my bad. Back to the Chanel. Hold on. Hold on. Back to the Chanel. Back to the Chanel perfume. Okay, okay. So, um, yeah, he bought me that Chanel perfume, and I was, like, so shocked because... It's the same exact one I use, and that was just, like, that was really, like, a way to, like, impress me. I was impressed. Okay, okay. I'm not going to lie. To pivot to the fitness um, part of of your public profile, so just, can you just talk to us about what motivated you to get started? It seemed like at one point, um, you know, you were just posting a lot about the dresses and about, um, you know, just hosting nightlife type of content, um, and then, you know, I, I blinked. And went back on Instagram. You had a six pack. So can you can you just talk about like what what happened? Why did you take it serious? Who right. influenced who influenced you? And how you got started? Yes. Um, to to the point of getting consistent and making it a lifestyle as opposed to just mm-hmm. a short term journey. Yes. Um. That's I think that's very crucial for us to talk about because yeah. it was a life changing experience for me. To be honest. Um. So as an occupational therapist, you know. I learn, you learn about the human body, you learn about maintaining a healthy lifestyle, um, you learn about preventative measures in order to combat a lot of like diseases and unhealthy behaviors, mm. right? So learning about that stuff, and then I did a three-month clinical in a hospital, and I could not stand to see the fact that um, it was such a high prevalence of high blood pressure, um, strokes, amongst the african-american community and being an african-american woman myself i just couldn't 
continue to maintain the same behaviors and like the same lifestyle, same eating habits that I was be, be doing because you know it just was it was counterproductive for me. So um, that summer, it was the summer of 2016, where I met this guy who used to go to school with me. Mm-hmm. Like I was always in the gym. I would tell people this. I always went to the gym. But I was, I guess I just didn't really know what I was doing. And the eating part, portion of it wasn't aligning, right? I was eating pizza sometimes. I was still eating <laughs> Wendy's. <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I looked at you too. Popeyes. Crazy. All yeah. of that. Like eating habits just were not, you know, they were not something that I thought of. I didn't yeah. eat a lot. I was thicker than this, mm. but I was just softer. Mm. Got it, got it. <laughs> Which is cute, but <laughs> not for me anymore. Um, so anyway, I was going to the gym consistently. He would always see me. And then one day he said to me, he said, what are you trying to do? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> and he was like, I see you in here all the time. You're doing like the same things. What are you trying? What's your goals? And I was like, you know, honestly, I just want to make, I want to lose about 10 pounds. I want to just tighten up everything. And he was like, so here what? Like, I'll work with you for three months. And for free. Oh, wow. Because at the time, I was a student. And I was like, honestly, like, I don't have no money for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be, I'm going to just keep it, a, keep it a buck. Like, I don't got no money for you. Like, so if you helping me, it's just going to be, like, on some willingness. So he was like, that's fine. He was like, you're dedicated. All I need you to do is show up. Hmm. And I showed up for three months. And he put me on a diet plan. And, you know, from there, I saw such crazy changes in three months. And I have to thank him because without him like i don't i don't think i would be here mm-hmm. like he he saw an opportunity and to help me to genuinely help me not looking for anything from me yeah. and he helped me and uh, that's how i got where i'm at and so i kind of transferred everything that i learned from him into integrated it into my lifestyle got it. and i'm not on like a strict diet anymore but i don't know so like no sugars um no fast food um no soda juices. She was drinking soda when she came out the Don't Uber play today. Yourself. About she, she, got, she got a Coca Cola yeah, under the she table. Has right soda now. And she has soda and Don't get me wrong, no, I still on. indulge. Yeah, yeah. I'll indulge on like a Friday or a Saturday when I'm out with friends. Um, and that's in moderation. The mm-hmm. problem with people is that we don't know moderation, right? You raise that you're supposed to finish your food in your plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, when I buy food, I section it into two. And that's just what it is. I'm not eating the full plate of food in front of me. Also, like, too much rice. I know I'm, as a Caribbean culture, we eat a lot of rice and oh peas. Oh, my God. No. Hand, handful of rice. Everything else, vegetables. And, you know, you get your chicken and your protein, everything else. Like, that's fine. You don't have to have a, this rabbit lifestyle diet. Like, mm-hmm. I don't eat like a rabbit. I don't eat salads all day. Mm-hmm. No, I'm Jamaican. I need my jerk chicken. Okay. I need... My Woody. curry chicken, all that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, thanks to him, you know, I am where I am at now. And I've been able to carry that on for myself. Like, it just, it's just something that, like, once I saw the changes in my body, I saw that I was capable. Um, I looked good. So, I wanted to keep it going. Like, why am I going to stop? Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. You have, so. you have any advice for... Uh for people out there who are just getting started in the gym. I know that that's a difficult uh yeah. that's a difficult time for people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um so I get that question a lot also and, and what I tell people is like you really have to think about if not you then who. Mm-hmm. Like 
I hate to bring up Drake's line, but he said, I'm the only one that gets the job done, right? But you really are, though. Like, if you don't get up and go to work, who is going to do it for you? So if you put it, if you put the gym into that perspective, if you look at yourself in the mirror and you see every day you're saying, I don't like this, I don't like that, I don't like this. So what are we going to do about it, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking all of this, now put it into action. Mm -hmm. So you just really have to, you have to get to the point where you just got to get up and do something. I'm not saying you have to go into the gym, spend two hours, do full body workouts, pull-ups, 20, 20 abs. Like, I'm not saying all of that. I'm saying get on the treadmill, jog for 30 minutes. Yeah. And then eventually, once you do, you create. You have to create a habit. Like, I think it says, like, there's 20, you take 21 days to create a habit. Yeah. 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 So, like, you got to start from somewhere. You can't look for the world to just give you everything, mm-hmm. right? Like, everything is, has to happen within. Mm-hmm. So um, you just, whether, sometimes, you know, when I feel like, I don't feel like going to the gym, because that actually does happen, I get on Instagram, and I look at everyone in the gym on Instagram, I follow a lot of fitness people, yeah, or even on my Explore page, it's all I see, and I'm like, nah, she look good, I'm, I gotta get up, <laughs> like, there's, there's so much inspiration around us, so you can't tell me that you, you, you're not inspired, you're not motivated, like, Find, find something like I have I have two big pictures of myself in my room and it just it's a reminder of like me sort of continuing to manifest this greatness from myself it's not a matter of being vain mm-hmm. I mean maybe you could call it that but like love yourself baby girl. You to, no, no one else will if you don't for sure <laughs> I don't know what to tell you self-love is so important too so you just you just gotta want everything for yourself not for not because oh my man wants me yeah, to yeah. look like this or my mom once says I'm too fat or something. No, do it for yourself. Mm. Yeah. So what? Um, when did you first realize you can be an influencer in the fitness space? One and two. Um, what has all this attention, um, and all the great work you've been doing, inspiring thousands, hundreds of thousands of people? What What has that taught you about yourself that you didn't know before? I first realized it when I seen like all of the fitness pages posting like you know my stuff yeah. up, and I'm like okay. And when also when people continuously ask me about like what I do in the gym, certain like lifestyle habits, um, and just for me sharing what I do genuinely, giving feedback to people, it sort of naturally creates this like mentorship sort of feel. Mm-hmm. Not a mentor. I don't want to say I'm nobody's mentor, yeah. but like no, you know, people say like, "Hey, I tried this exercise out that you did that I saw on your page, and my back is hurting now. Can you give me some tips?" And I'll do that, but just genuinely because like, from having the experience, I could speak on it, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't speak on anything, I don't have experience on. So just from continuously getting that like feedback from people, getting questions, getting so I get so much love also like love from men and women like that's one thing i have to say about like my supporters on instagram Mm -hmm. my followers all of that they give me so much love and sometimes i'm like i gotta do this because there's so many people watching for sure almost like an obligation like like a responsibility to not let them down right so you know people sort of put you on this pedestal now if i lose my abs what what is gonna happen (laughs) 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 so yeah like it's just like it's it's just it really just happens like in sync like mm-hmm. you know you just once you're continuing to do more do more and do more for yourself 
people see that and they feel your aura and they feel your energy. Energy is so real, right? Yeah. So I feel like people could feel the, the space that I'm in and people like support me so much that like if you showing me love, I'm, I'm going to give you love back. I'll give you advice. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Like it's nothing. It's just effortless. All right. So we're going to play this game. It's called Explain this gram okay so we stole it from the folks at complex um they mm-hmm. do this this one uh interview series called hot ones and we stole it from them so we're going to show you a couple of instagram posts and we need you to just explain it to Ooh. us tell us what what this is about and uh and what you were thinking in that moment i'm scared so this is the first one. Oh, okay for the this folks picture. that don't see chanel is um she's doing a backflip over a <laughs> Over a fitness ball or something. <laughs> yeah, just pull, pull the pike up. That's okay, what it's a, the pike up. Yeah, it's I'm really, really good ever. for your abs. Okay, like okay. total core. Take note. I'll take note. Right. But just um, tell us, tell us about this, about this moment. I see a whole bunch of protein on the floor and like, yes. um, just tell, tell us about it. All of those supplements are currently the supplements that I do take. I've partnered with a company called BPI Sports. Awesome. And um, I work with them, and I. I really like use their supplements actively, their BCAAs, their pre-workout, their protein, um, and they're all good stuff. Like so far my body's been reacting very well to it. But as far as this move goes, I felt like the pre-workout that I took this day mm-hmm. from BPI, um, it get, definitely gave me the energy and the stamina to, you know, to hold get that me pose. into this pose. Got you, got you. But I will say this pose was taken about like 15 times till I got it perfect. Okay, okay. So the struggle See, that's real. is real. People, yeah, people need to hear that. That's real. Right? That's genuine. <laughs> the you're struggle not, is real. You're not, a, you're not a machine. You know, you're human. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't happen one, one and done. For sure. Um, but, you know, I got up there. Yeah. And it worked out. And the next one? The next one? Yeah, yeah. Is this one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. This was a wonderful day. I partnered with my homegirl, Simone Capri Curves on Instagram. Okay. And we did a, a booty blast boot camp in Central Park. And so many, it was a women's only class. Okay. And so many women came out. And it was just perfect. Like, this was a great moment. This is at the end of the class. And we were all just tired, but like, just happy that we had a great workout. And, you know, this was a very rewarding experience because. I got to actually interact with people who I didn't even know, yeah. and like they spoke to me about how you know how much how inspiring it is to see me do what I do. For sure. And you know, so because of that, no, go ahead. Just because of that, like I want to keep this going, and I want to, as part of one of my future projects, I want to get into doing more group classes, like a maybe a bi-monthly class. Got it. Cool. And last yeah, and last one. <laughs> just we're I'm in Brooklyn. Really <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, oh, I was actually hosting this party. Okay, okay. So, that, so that's what that's what promoters can experience when uh, they yes, hire Chanel to host yes, a party. Okay. Yes, hit your girl up. I'll turn the party up. <laughs> really rocking everywhere. Got you. Yes, got you. this was at Vanity Nightclub okay. in New York City, and anytime Millie Rock comes on, my friends get their phones out, and it's just like Chanel, get to it. Got you. And that's what I did. Okay. That explains and my face. So just um the so sturdiness. Of course, of course. <laughs> born, born with it. So let's just um wrap up by telling folks where they can follow you and, and just um, you know, how they can get in, in in contact with you. Yes. Guys, you can follow me at XX Coco Chanel on Instagram. Um don't DM me particularly, but EM me, um, email me about any concerns, anything that you have. It's hard to check my DMs because there's so many people 
in it. And so I'm not really consistent with it. Um, but follow me there on Instagram, Snapchat, Chanel number one. Um, you have no Twitter, right? No Twitter. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. I don't really talk a lot. <laughs> got to clarify that because I feel like people are going to yes. try and rip that off. No open. Twitter, just Instagram yeah. and Snapchat. So Chanel. Got you. Dope. Well, thank you for, thank you for coming thank in. You. Appreciate thank you. Thank you. Cool. It's just podcast. Slip. Out. Oh.